You're listening to WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Hello, hello. You're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. Good evening. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. It's good to be back on this Sunday. Um, I just wanted to uh, remind us of the scripture that we kind of look at uh, when we think about this show, and it's from 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. And it says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. And at times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not out. So if you are feeling kind of low this evening, you kind of have a lot on your mind, you're not quite sure what road to take, quitting isn't an option. You're going to get back up. God's going to give you a solution. You have to trust the space that you're in. Trust that God is with you. He said he'll never leave you or forsake you. And so <clears throat> we have we get to walk through the process and we get to trust the process and we get to trust God and that he's going to show up. And sometimes we're looking for an audible answer or we're looking for uh, a sign and, and, and he's able to give those. But a lot of times we, because of the relationship through reading the word, we kind of know his heart and the direction to take. And a lot of times he'll make it very clear whether it's through a confirmation, he'll use somebody to come up to say something that was once said to you that's familiar, that's been in your heart, something that you've been thinking about but not saying out loud. God has many ways to confirm his word and to confirm to you what decision that you need to, to take. And so we want to support you through that process, and we want to say, you know, blessings. Um, we're here for you. Um, today we have our guest uh, speaker, Cassandra uh, DeRozier, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to kind of talk to uh, part two on, you know, the power of our words and things of that. And I kind of brought her on because I want to talk from the perspective of our children, the things that we say and that we do uh, that could be harmful uh, to our children because they're watching. <clears throat> and so we've talked about um, last week about, you know, the power of our words and how our words can, you know, help or can destroy, you know. Um, and it's so funny, too, because you think about how words are formed. They're formed by letters. There's only 26 letters, right? And letters are made up of a consonant and a vowel. And when you put those consonants and vowels together, they, they form words and our words make up sentences. Our words have power, you know, power to build up or power to tear down. And so <clears throat> I just kind of um, wanted to talk uh, to Cassandra, too. Um, we have words of life and we have words of death, right? And those words of life are positive, encouraging. Um, they help us, you know, feel good about the day, feel good about ourselves, and then we have those words that are death. They're negative. They cause pain. They make you feel bad. They make you feel less than. And it leads to you having a very bad day, bad life. 
And a lot of times they're disrespectful words. And so <clears throat> we're here uh, so that we can be held accountable for the words that we create and that we want to make sure that we're teaching and creating positive uh, words uh, for our children, you know. And uh, and so, Cassandra, I just kind of wanted to uh, bring you on and hello, yeah, just greet yeah. the people. Hello, um, my name is Cassandra DeRosier. And um, yeah, I mean, the topic that you're touching on is very important. I mean, we have in our hands the the hearts and the minds of the next generation yes and, you know as as we as we approach our own lives sometimes because we feel so not maybe not so far from just being childlike or just being young ourselves we forget the difference and how malleable a child's mind is um and i just think it's important that even though we kind of go along with our lives as adults and, you know, we might not have the, uh, the, the concern of certain cuss words or images or music or things like that. Cause it's just our daily life and we're grown enough to cipher, you know, decipher what we take in and, and what we don't, but a child doesn't have that development yet. You know, they don't know the difference between, um, you know, someone saying something to them and it being a joke or it not being a joke. Um, they just haven't, you know, developed that sense yet. And so I do think it's important that we stay sensitive to the innocence of a child and do our part to keep them that way and make sure that because they're such a fresh slate and, um, and because they, you know, they're new to this world and haven't, haven't really encountered all the evils of the world yet. I mean, we have an opportunity to pour in the best of the best into them. And I think that should be our only goal is to make sure that children are being uplifted and, and sown good seeds. Well, that's pretty powerful. Thank you uh, for sharing that perspective um, about the clean slate, the innocence of a child. Because um, you're right, uh, we we um, as a school teacher, you know, sometimes I see the students that come in, and you wonder, wow, how so young they're filled with such destructiveness, not only in their behavior, but by the words they choose and their cussing and their and like somewhere parents, we're not innocent, right? Somewhere they're hearing that, you know, and I get you're grown and you get to talk that way or you get to listen to the type of shows you are, but that you watch. But knowing that, um, I, you know, I was looking at a Western and they, they, you know, the rifleman and he, you know, got his rifle and was shooting like she doesn't know the rifleman is just an innocent, you know, man protecting his family, you know. Um, she just heard pop, 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 and, you know, and, you know, how those things can frame, how those images can help frame and shape, uh, and take away that innocence. You know, um, I was talking to her mom and I was like, you know, you want to slow down the rate of which they, you know, are going to be exposed to certain things. And if you're exposing your children at 
eight and nine and 11 and 12 to such, you know, um, you know, crimeful shows, murderous shows, shows that have a lot of uh, sexual content and profanity, uh, then you're going to speed up that that process. So if they're watching that at nine, what are they going to watch when they're 15 and 16? And so we have to watch their um, their development, you know. And we have to realize that sometimes hurtful words coming from those who are close to us pierce deeper than those words coming from people who are distant or unknown, right? The words that you say because you're close. So the words of a grandmother or auntie or brother or sister are going to be a lot more lasting and powerful than words from a stranger, but yet we have to be cognizant of those things, you know, and realize that, you know, words do hurt and words can be lasting. That you can say something hurtful in 10 seconds, but 10 years later, the wounds are still there. So Joe Osteen said that and I started pondering and I'm like, you know, that's so true. And um, something you said, Cassandra, that a child doesn't know if you're kidding or not or joking or not, you know. So you'll start, if you say words like, oh, you're just a crybaby. Um, uh, you're just such a loser. You're crazy. You know, you, you just, all, you just, you're a mistake. You're just a weirdo. Like, just those words are going to, you know, sink in the psyche. And you may act and come out of a space of those words and not of a space of a healthy, um, you know, mindset. You know, the words we use can either change the mood, you know, the meaning, the mood, and the motivation of a person. So um, we just want to chime in and have Cassandra kind of chime in a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I was listening to you speak and it made me, remember um a reel a video or a tiktok i had watched recently where it was a mother exclaiming that she doesn't appreciate having labels put on her child and though it might be innocent because the example she gave was somebody seeing her child and, and commenting like oh your child is so shy i noticed they don't talk to anybody they're so shy and the child mm. being present, hearing that adult call them that, you know, doesn't particularly have the voice to stand up for themselves in any way. So the mother said, you know, no, my child isn't shy. She simply takes her time to trust people. Mm. And she emphasized that in front of the adult. Um, and it was meaningful because the child was able to feel validated and, and was able to hear the mother stand up for her one, but also um, present what actually the truth is instead of her swallowing the fact that, oh, I'm shy and now living a life of being meek and, and, you know, timid because she had that label put on her by uh, a grown adult. Um, and so that's just a, a, an example, but even those innocent ways that we, you know, put, put things on children that really are probably not as appropriate as we 
probably stop to think. Right. Um, even ways we, we, you know, we see a child and we probably think like, oh, you're, like you said, oh, oh, you're such a crybaby or you're so silly or, or you're bad, you know, words like that, that they may or may not internalize. And because the development of their brain isn't to, at the advancement of an adult, it's like, you do have to be sensitive to the fact that, you know, the words that you choose to use are ones that they could identify with. And I wouldn't want a child identifying or believing that they're bad and now growing up through their teens and and um, their teenage years, believing that they're bad, believing that they don't have any worth, feeling shy and outside of who they really are because they heard an adult say those things to them at a young age. Yeah, that's so true. That That's that's true. You know, sometimes, um, and it's funny that you said, because I, I know sometimes with um my granddaughter, she'll do little funny things, and we'll be like, "Oh, that yeah, she's so funny, or she's so silly." And I was stating um, last week um, that even though that seems um, innocent, yet what is silly? Like, is that something that you want her to take with her in her, you know, conscious self consciousness or in her spirit? Like, oh, I'm silly. You know, what are other words? And I, and I was saying, too, that sometimes we lack the vocabulary, so we might have to start researching power words because we might not know what's a, we might not mean silly, but like what's another word? You know what I'm saying? Another way of saying it and being able to take that time and plan it, you know, plan. Yeah, Ooh, truthfully. Yeah, plan what you want to say when she does those things. Yeah, even, you know, like, oh, you're so energetic or you're so full of life or I love the way you um, you have such a, a good sense of humor or mm-hmm. you have such a great personality, yeah. you know. You, you really enjoy life and having fun, you know. So, so we as adults are able to empower ourselves to find other ways. But I was driving and waiting at a red light. And wow, the things I hear some mothers saying to their kids, and not only saying, but the tone in which they're saying it, and the curse words, I mean, literally cursing at their children. And I'm not saying every mother, um, but you know, uh, the traumas that those harsh words, those tones, that anger, um, well, what are we really setting our children up for hearing it, seeing it, you know? So if you're in a home, and I'm just going to go there for a moment, if you're in a home and there's domestic violence and there's a lot of arguing or high-pitched tones and cursing and weeping, you know, um, you know, what are you, what are you setting your child up, you know, for and what are they experiencing? And I think sometimes we have to take those moments and take the responsibility to try to uh, set up safe spaces in our homes, you know. And if you're in a position where you're unable to do that, then please reach out. There's a lot of resources out here to help with domestic violence or to help, you know, support um, 
you know, um, parents when, you know, if you're not able to cope at the time, there's no, you know, there's no negative connotation that should be put to that. We should be a village and a community to be able to help and support each other when in need, you know. And, um, you know, sometimes a simple task like juggling, um, you know, how am I going to get diapers, get milk and, you know, and, um, you know, and push, you know, get my stroller down five flights of steps because the elevator's broken, you know, right. um, exactly. just to navigate all those things. So do I leave the child there? Do I try to juggle all these things? And, you know, some people's ability to be able to problem solve um, is a little different than others. And they don't we all don't have the same resources. And so sometimes just giving an idea or giving us some support to to others. You know, I love seeing how other people think about things, you know, because I only think one sided. But when I deliberately try to investigate and ask questions as well and see how other people, too, I can choose that. I can still keep my thought, but I also have other thoughts about how to do it. And I may emerge several ways and techniques. And so we have to not talk at people, but help people to strategize. What do we do and say when when I want to say I, I, I hate you, or I think you're stupid or, you know, really you're frustrated and you're hurt about something. And how do we quickly get to the root so that we're not slandering each other or saying hurtful things to each other? How do we speak life to each other? How do we begin to help each other see possibilities in our own storms and situations, you know? And instead of having, you know, the only thing, the difference between can and can't is that apostrophe T. So if you just cut off that apostrophe T, you're changing can't into can. And what I'm saying is how can we help people have a can-do attitude and not a I can't attitude? You know, so yeah, that's point. yeah, right, right. And so that we have to try to do that. And I'm like, you know, we have to look around, too, to see how we can, um, you know, how we can help and how we can empower uh, people. So instead of, you know, um, you know, talking down and, you know, or at people, how can we help empower each other, you know? Um, and also, too, we were talking a little early, and I might have jumped the gun, or um, is that when we allow our children to hear and see certain things over a long period of time, they become desensitized. And so we set them up to be on-takers of abuse and victimization because we set them up in our own home environments by cussing at them, screaming and being angry, you know, watching tones, you know, and so just becoming more sensitive. You know, I feel like I have a very, um, uh, like, voice, uh, entertaining type voice, you know. Sometimes it can appear strong. and But a little kid doesn't know that. So when I, you know, when you talk firm, I call myself trying to be firm. You know, um, a little child's looking at you like, hmm. They're looking at your expression, your body language to be like, hmm, how should, to know how should they respond to that? You know, and yeah, so, true. yeah. so I, I I don't know, uh, Cassandra, how, how do you as a uh, young mother, you know, begin to uh, put positive affirmations 
and helping your daughter see possibilities opposed to impossibilities. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I think firstly, it's mindset. (laughs) Speaking of daughter, um, she's here with me now, but for the most part, I think it's mindset because when I had my daughter, I believed that she was firstly meant to be here and, and that she was not just my child, but God's child. Mm. And I was simply a vessel that he used, was using to birth her and bring her into this world. And it was also a responsibility and assignment that he gave me to raise her on the right path. So I made that commitment and, and, and honored my role as a mother in that way from the early beginning. And I think that shift of mindset of, firstly, you know, children are truly a gift. They're not a burden. God designed for them to be here such a time as this. They have a calling on their life just as much as you do. And you also have to remember what it's like to be a child. You know, you have to have that 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 empathy of of what it feels like to you know want want to want some milk really bad and somebody's telling you no and <laughs> that might be frustrating you right, know right and it and it's okay to be sad about it if you're frustrated that that's a logical feeling and response and so I do my best to validate her feelings and emotions allowing her to feel like um like a person and a human first. You know, I don't try to force her to stop crying or force her to do things she wants. I don't believe in her. Um, you know, if she doesn't want to hug or approach or interact with people, I don't force her to. I truly just let her, like, grow and become. And I'm, of course, going to be the guide to keep her safe, keep her fed, keep her loved. And, you know, essentially, as long as I'm doing those things, I'm I'm really here to just make sure that... I can protect her and influence the the things and images and and voices she hears in her life. And I definitely do try to affirm her at night. We we read books, uh, quality books that are, um, have good life lessons and affirm children very young. We say, we look in the mirror and we say, I am brave, I am beautiful, I am strong. You know, we also, I also, um, I also just am open to her just learning and experiencing life at where she's at. You know, I have to always respect the age and, 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 and neurolog- neurological development that she's in. You know, she's not going to understand things the way I, as an adult, am going to understand things. I break things down. I'm patient. I'll say it multiple times if I need to. I don't mind repeating myself. I don't mind saying it slower. I don't mind singing a song if I have to uh, while I do it, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's Mm -hmm. just where I'm at. She's only, well, my daughter's only 18 months. So those are the steps I take. And I I respect the stage I'm in. Mm -hmm. I respect her as her own individual person. And, you know, I just, I, I, I stay patient because um, a lot of advice and things I hear from other mothers are that these moments pass. Yes. She's not going to be this age for very much longer. You know, I'm always, I'm already so 
shocked and in awe at how much she's grown in just this short amount of time. I mean, she's definitely saying well near close to 70 to 100 words at this point, And she's only 18 months. Wow. I mean, she knows names. She knows you can point to cards and she'll respond with what the picture's showing. She's, she's very smart. And so I'm, I'm also trying to learn her more and more each day, learn the things she likes so that I can, um, you know, so that I can invest in those things early so that she can, you know, establish, um, just interests and 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 hopefully master a craft and master something she loves if that's painting music dance you know i'm just trying to involve myself and make sure that because i'm her mother and i'm going to be the closest one to her knowing her and having that intuition of what she needs and wants you know i think even I think those are the things that I, I take with me as I I go into this phase of motherhood. You know, I'm a first-time mom, so none of these things are things I've ever done before. It often doesn't feel natural, but you know, God is with me and I and I and again from the early things I said, it's my mindset that this is my assignment and you know, I'm I must do it well because it was done well with me as well. You know, I, I'm, I don't have the opportunity to go backwards and, and do less than what was done for me. You know, I must go forward and give her a great or, or greater life than I've had. So that's my viewpoint on it. And, you know, we still strive every day. We, every day is a little harder. Just now I had to pick her up and make sure she wasn't yelling in the, <laughs> in the microphone as I'm talking, but you know, things go on and, and, you know, she's, she's young and she'll learn and she'll grow. And, and that's how you raise good functioning, you know, adults in the future. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing a lot of tips out um, that uh, some mothers can uh, listen to glean from. And uh, also too, if you like to add any comments or you can suggest uh, someone, we can bring them on the show and interview them. We would uh, love for you to uh, um, uh, email us at nevergiveupnow777 at gmail.com. That's nevergiveupnow777 at gmail.com. And uh, you can also add add to that list. And um, we probably have two minutes left, but um, I'd like to kind of not leave you there. Um dangling. I just want to kind of shut the show off by saying, you know, how do we overcome negative words that you that have been spoken over your life? Um, I think Cassandra helped us to see how we we are to be uh, proactive. But now if you have grown up under condemnation and, and negativity and and painful words, you got to begin to break them, begin to reject them. The Bible tells us to um uh, you know, pull down those strongholds and cast down every imagination, right? Every thought that comes to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. You've got to cast it down. You've got to reject it. You can't accept it. Don't accept it. Don't receive it. Speak positive words like a shield against those negative words. You have to know who you are so that the words spoken against you begin to lose its power, right? 
And like Cassandra was saying, you have to sometimes possibly stand in the mirror and begin to speak life over yourself. You know, you get to say that I am brave. I am motivated. I am resourceful. I am valuable. I'm resilient. I'm appreciative. I'm reliable. I'm dependable. I am funny. I am courageous. I'm supportive. I'm assertive. I'm strong. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the tricks of the devil. Those words are tricky, but we can combat them with what God says we are. You've been listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones, and we just thank our guest, Cassandra DeRozier, for being on our show today. And we pray that you tune in next week. Blessings.